there's a chill in the air. And in the breeze, you can hear that the divine feminine will no longer beg you to love her. The matrix thrives if we, our enemies, our superpowers dissolve in fear and isolation to recode the spell of divide and conquer we must kiss each other's faces rub the feet of our neighbors turn strangers into partners dance under street lights feel the freezing ocean on our bones naked taste lavender cake and sip lavender lemonade licking honey off another's skin boosts the immune system intimacy breaks the matrix intimacy breaks the matrix to experience joy is an act of surrender it's an act of courage to receive pleasure the divine feminine will no longer beg you to love her no more for now the divine feminine is lying on her back in bliss receiving 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 because she knows intimacy breaks the matrix. I'm an insane sexual shadow witch and my name is Lacey Free and I'm the fucking host of Horpod. I miss you. I really miss you. I mean, most of the time I tell myself it's fine to be isolated, that it's even my preference. Sometimes I'm so fucking relieved to wear a mask, so no one's staring at my face. Do you know that I hate my face being touched? That whenever a lover or a friend touches my face, I want to crawl deep inside myself and scream. I've pushed many lovers away whenever they come to graze my cheek. I don't even handle cheek kisses. Don't touch my chin or my neck. I'll push you away, off. Sometimes I love blending into the crowd. One of my favorite superpowers is invisibility, but I've never seemed to harness it for myself. 
feeling like I get recognized everywhere I go, even though at the same time I feel very unknown. I always used to think it was my red hair or my curves or that I was big and stuck out. But now I know that it's just magic. Some people's magic is to blend in. Some people's magic is to stand out. Some people get to go back and forth between the two. I love those people. There's part of me that craved the world being shut off so I could go deep in the rabbit hole of my own existence. Man, my twin flame. When I met him 10 years ago, there was nothing I would rather do than smoke weed, have sex with him, and call into work, call into life, just to do nothing with him at home. We got so good at nothing that there were moments we became nothing together and then hated each other for it. But honestly, when the lockdown started, oh shit, I loved doing and being nothing with him. I mean, for the first week. (laughs) The first week was awesome. After that, there were tears and screams and my things being thrown into a car in the middle of the night. Lots of drives in the mountains, drives in the snow, together separating, together separating. But I so badly loved the idea of being inside. Maybe to get more intimate with myself. Or maybe that being inside was a sort of trauma response. A sort of fear of the other. I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I've always been a little afraid of strangers. A little afraid of humans. Afraid that if I told my truth that if anybody knew I was magic or a witch, that I would be killed. People told me for years and years to do readings, to come out of the witch closet, to speak about magic. And even though I have a podcast and a Patreon and Instagram, I still hide. I hide a lot. I sometimes ignore phone calls from friends. I sometimes put my phone on silent and lock it in a drawer for days. And some people would say that's healthy. And other people would see through my facade. With New Age spirituality, we can, we can apply spiritual grandiosity to anything and I'm good at that and I'm not saying it's not true when I apply meaning to all of my idiosyncrasies but sometimes it's a little stretched for my own ego and that's okay because I'm playing out this human experience and as are you and it's actually not really helpful to let the inner critic takes center stage 
and dictate your actions. Compassion. Compassion is the medicine. Compassion is the self-medicine I think we're all playing with right now. But I know some of you see through my facade. And what facade am I talking about? I am so scared of intimacy. There is a part of me that is my higher self that steps into my body at times and can hold any stranger in the best or the worst circumstance. And I actually crave and thrive in intimacy. It's why I loved birth work and death work and nannying so much. It's because those positions are acts of service that embody intimacy. The intimacy is already built into the position. So much so that it's sometimes shocking for the people hiring me how intimate they have to be with me for us to be in this sort of work relationship together. And I got really good at holding that space. And I saw myself as a sort of galactic cosmic mother. And I saw each of the people who I would work for as my teachers. And me, in a sense, as their divine servant. And I found love in serving the other. Part of that divine servant energy is me seeking intimacy, closeness, community, connection outside myself. And also, it's a sense of family. It's a sense of community love. And service makes me the most happy. When I'm not in service of the other, I I get really sick and depressed and anxious. But I'm still so scared of intimacy. It's why part of me likes the pandemic, is it's an excuse to hide from people. I'm really afraid of my skin being touched. Is anyone else afraid of your skin being touched? When my partners or my lovers even brush my arm, it's, it's so hard for me to not push them away. I have a sex podcast and I have to work on intimacy every day. I'm saying all this to say intimacy is the psychological state of being true. Being true, I don't think there is one ultimate truth. I believe truth is a frequency within self and And we are the truest when our feelings and our emotions align with our actions. And I love being true. It's the most orgasmic, beautiful thing when I can resurrect my truth. When I can feel exactly what my body's feeling. When my throat chakra is aligned with my sacral When my hips are aligned with my mouth, 
when my feet are connected to my hands. This feels like my truth. And intimacy is being able to be completely honest. And I thank you guys for letting me be intimate with you. I feel like Horopod is deeply intimate. It is to me anyways. When someone's completely living in their truth and you're living in your authenticity at the same time, that is you experiencing intimacy together. The way I've been hearing my guides lately is a man's voice that wakes me up from my sleep and just straight up speaks to me. And sometimes it's extremely jolting because it sounds like there is a man in the room and usually I hear a deep voice go, Lacey, Lacey. (laughs) And I'm getting a little more used to it. Usually I tell people to not feel like they have to personify their gods so much or to personify God as an external force outside of them that is human-like. But lately, to my honor and dismay, my guide has been showing up as this deep voice. And last week, I just heard him on repeat at 3 o'clock in the morning telling me, intimacy breaks the matrix. Intimacy breaks the matrix. And I started seeing like colors and spirals. And sometimes when I see colors and spirals, I envision myself following the spiral. And as if I'm walking on the spiral or my etheric body is walking on this spiral. And as I go down the spiral, I get more codes more messages and the spiral was just showing me we're being actively told not to be vulnerable and I feel like vulnerability is magic that we can't allow our magic to flow if we can't allow ourselves to be vulnerable we can't have intimacy with another if we aren't brave enough to be vulnerable our magic increases when we are in a presence of another and it continues to increase the more people you bring in i feel like that's why um people are evangelical it's bringing in more magic for the rituals to increase the power of whatever the intention is. Witches gather and circle and call on other magic divine feminines because the bodies, the physical presence, the souls increase the magic, heighten the spell. More souls at the table invoke more power in the ritual but right now we're being separated and this isn't saying if that is good or bad it's not this or that and I honor however you feel in it 
at the same time, I'm observing myself being hurt in it. I had this urge while walking down the street to to kiss strangers, to hug people, to run up and shake someone's hand. And I think that is my ultimate truth. I think I want to do that. I think I want to have sex with multiple people because sex is intimacy. I think I want to hug and hold multiple people because that is intimacy. I want to serve my community because that is intimacy. But there is trauma, collective trauma and personal trauma that tells me that I will die or not be safe if I get too close to the other that tells me to beware of the stranger. I believe in protection and I believe in spiritual protection. But I also believe that we create safety with our mind and we can create illness and torture and darkness within our mind. I think that we're being coded around fear and that our bodies deeply want to love each other right now. There are six different types of intimacy. According to me, some may add more, some may... I've seen a lot of people say there's three or four types of intimacy. I'm going to say that there are six types of intimacy. Emotional intimacy being number one. Number two being intellectual intimacy. Number three being experimental intimacy. Number four being spiritual intimacy. Number five being intimate with thyself. And number six, sexual intimacy. So the first one is emotional intimacy. And emotional intimacy can be showing another your emotions, your truth, feeling safe enough to cry or to be angry or to yell or be lethargic, frumpy, grumpy, horny, excited, being able to truly share your emotion with another and not just telling your emotion like you're a narrator, but being able to actively live and express through those emotions with another while they are actively living in their emotion. That is such a beautiful high frequency, even if it's a dark emotion that two beings are experiencing together that can create an extremely intimate bond. And that's why sometimes it's hard to leave toxic relationships because you have a deeper intimacy with that being. And it's actually not a bad thing to have dark, deep emotions with another. I think that we all need that with more people. And sometimes it truly is toxic And sometimes it just feels so uncomfortable and so unknown 
to have those deep emotional experiences with thy other. And we're not taught conflict and resolution. We're not taught how to deal with our dark emotions just by ourselves, let alone with a partner or a best friend. So I think sometimes when we experience those, we automatically write it off as being toxic or bad, or we need to cut them out to live a spiritual, peaceful life. James Baldwin has a quote that I'm going to fuck up, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. And his quote says, I hope my art disturbs your peace. I hope my art disturbs your peace. I do not believe that we came to this earth for peace. Whenever I was little and I would watch like, you know, shows or beauty shows, I don't know why the fuck as a kid I would ever watch a beauty show, but I think in the 90s you just saw those pageants. And I remember all these women being like, my greatest wish is peace on earth. If that was our true greatest wish, we would have it. In my opinion, what we are experiencing right now is a collective reflection of our subconscious. That doesn't mean we want the complete destruction that's happening now. But sometimes disturbing the peace is waking us up. Sometimes I think we get confused about what peace is. Sometimes we think we're living in peace and really we're just dead asleep or numbed out on zombie mode. And sometimes there's pieces of art that shake people awake, that disturb their peace, that make them angry. Sometimes there's love affairs that disturb your peace, that make you angry, sad, fucking so afraid of your own abandonment but those those shake you awake those make you realize what your boundaries are what your yes means and what your fuck no means we have this inner critic that automatically judges it as bad but sometimes those harder relationships can be some of our most intimate we hear a lot about trauma bonding trauma bonding's bad trauma bonding's bad sometimes we hear that trauma bonding is just bad and i think there's truth in that there is a certain type of trauma bonding where you just get addicted to the trauma and you go on a toxic loop together where you're either gossiping about other people or fighting and fighting for no reason and or only talking to certain family members when you know shit's ablaze when there's a fire in the house you call your sister up that's trauma bonding and i don't think that's great I think it can, you know, put us in a toxic loop that makes us go back to sleep. But I also think we're afraid to share deep, dark emotions and support thy other in trauma. There is a way of emotionally bonding in darkness that is deeply beautiful and intimate. Right now, in this weird fucking time in the world, there are people bonding out of their trauma. 
But I think that's different than trauma bonding. What they're doing is showing up in support of their community or their neighbors or their new partner. I know a lot of people who fell in love during this time, who for the first time, the matrix slowed down, got a little quiet, and they could be more true within themselves, therefore being more true with another intimacy. And in that, they're taking care of the other intimacy. My brother was experiencing a little bit of trauma a few weeks ago. And so I just drove up to his place and I've just been being in his presence for about two weeks now. And I think in some ways you could see this as trauma bonding because he was in trauma and I came and now we're bonding. But I see it as a higher frequency of divine love and support to transmute the trauma. Divine love and support to transmute the trauma. We're not feeding or eating the trauma or gossiping or, you know, digging in the dirt for no reason. We're holding each other while the world is on fire. And And we'll do that until it's time to move on to the next thing. But I think there's sometimes so much beauty in the disaster and in the trauma because, you know, you see it a lot when there are natural disasters. The matrix has to stop for a second. People can't go to work. You have to ask your neighbor for help or you might not have talked to your cousin in New Orleans for months and then figure out New Orleans had a hurricane and now you're sending supplies and sweet cards. That is bonding. That is emotional intimacy. Sometimes trauma invokes our emotions that are numbed out in the matrix and that trauma can bring the emotions to the surface and enable us to experience emotion together. I know that there is a timeline where we are becoming robots. And I know there is a timeline where we are becoming gods. And one of the major difference between the god and the robot is the expression and the feeling of emotion. Another difference between the robot and the god is the authentic desire for sexual activity and creation, creativity. Another difference between the robot and the god timeline is intimacy, being with the other. Intimacy breaks the matrix. The second form of intimacy is intellectual intimacy. I fucking love this one. Sapo, I'm very intellectual over here. I can't say the word, but I think the word saposexual, when you are attracted to someone else's intellect. Yes. Oh my God. A smart magic being 
makes me wet. Intellectual intimacy. It's when you can communicate from the space of the mind. Intellectual intimacy is a freedom for each person in the relationship to think for themselves, to have a different viewpoint, to be able to say, I believe this is what's happening. And the other person to put their puzzle pieces together and say, no, I don't see it that way. This is what I believe, but it's okay that you see it that way. And being able to express energy from the mind with another, that is so hot. Holding space for someone's imagination or ideas. Holding space for someone's creative energy. That's intellectual intimacy. But I think the biggest part of intellectual intimacy is the freedom to think. The freedom to think, to come up with ideas, and to make mistakes. The freedom to form a hypothesis and test it out. And that other person being interested or at least allowing the truth to occur. Your truth, the truth that's coming from your mind. Wow, that's so beautiful. And I'm so lucky that I've had love in my life that encouraged my intellectual freedom, that encouraged my intellectual ideas, that even if I wasn't extremely educated in the traditional sense that encouraged me to pursue the inner workings of my own thought patterns, who, man, I'm getting horny just thinking about the intellectual intimacy. The third kind of intimacy is experiential intimacy. This is when you've had a lot of experiences with another being. It's when you have private memories together, when you can kind of look across the room and give each other a half smile because you remember what it was like before that person could even grow a beard. (laughs) Or you remember the time you guys went and swam in the ocean naked together in the dark at Venice Beach. That's having those experiences together. They don't even have to be that grand. It could be you guys watched the same Christmas movie every year. Or you always called each other on the winter solstice experiential intimacy is inside jokes laughing at something maybe the rest of the group has no idea what you're talking about and you're not like doing it on purpose you just have that that undercurrent of knowing between the two of you experiential intimacy is the feeling of teamwork like these people are my team we do that together you you see this sort of intimacy in sports. Like, remember last year when this 
quarterback did that and they're like yeah and even if they don't play in the same team it's always so weird when I give sports references on Horapod because we all know I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about but I've seen people who like sports I've worked in a lot of sports bars and strip clubs um so (laughs) you see them be like remember when the Jets lost and the other person's like fuck yeah and they like hug or high five This is because they have this beautiful intimacy together. The masculine, we haven't created a lot of safe avenues for them to have intimacy within themselves because we don't allow, typically in our society and culture, we don't allow the masculine to have emotion and we don't allow the masculine to have emotional intimacy. So a lot of masculine traditionally or in the old world would get their intimacy through like sports experience or getting fucked up together like going to house parties remember we went to this party and you did all that blow and then we did molly and then we ran into that chick you banged in the bathroom that's them being deeply intimate with each other and they might not have other sources to be intimate with the fourth form of intimacy is spiritual intimacy spiritual intimacy we can have with thyself or with another spiritual intimacy we can deeply find within ourself or with another it's so beautiful when we can have spiritual intimacy with another um i've had spiritual intimacy with some of you where we really connect about an idea or a belief or we saw a synchronicity together or you had a reading with me and something showed up from the reading three days later maybe a hummingbird showed up in the reading and then you saw one in your backyard or one flew into your head that really happened in one of my readings Today I did a reading and there was all these bees that started swarming. This person was talking about a a loss and every time she would bring up this loss she experienced, these bees were swarming around me. And I saw that as spiritual intimacy. It was spiritual intimacy between me and the bees, nature, and spiritual intimacy between me and her because it felt like our external video game was reflecting some of what she was expressing about what she was going through in her loss spiritual intimacy can look like praying or worshiping with someone else it can look like worshiping another's body worshiping them as if they are divine it's so weird to me that that we're so afraid to like even use the word worship or worship another or worship ourselves when we worship ourselves or another that is spiritual intimacy and it's also can lead into other forms of intimacy but we deserve to be worshipped I'm not going to stop saying that anytime soon experiencing nature together like the bees Nature with someone can be such deep spiritual intimacy. Often in nature, it's when we 
see or spot the synchronicities, the omens, guiding our path, guiding our spiritual journey. I'm afraid this energy of staying inside or being locked in will take away from some of our synchronicities because it's harder to find synchronicities when we're sucked into technology, but when we're in nature, it's easier to see them speak to us, to see them come alive. I see synchronicities as living energies. Spiritual intimacy is seeing something grand and awe-inspiring together, like laying with a lover and seeing shooting stars. Right now we're in autumn, October, and I, oh, oh man, fall feels so intimate to me, like spiritually intimate, watching the earth die, the veil becoming thinner. Witches use this time to prepare medicines for the death of winter, for flu season, for illnesses that may be flying in the air, witches make fire cider, tinctures, antiviral medicine, elderberry syrup. When I make medicines, that is ritual. Ritual is a practice of spiritual intimacy. You can do it with thyself or with someone. But to me, it's so deeply intimate when I get to make a medicine for a person. When I get to make fire cider and send it to my friend in the mail and knowing that they can take like an, a potion, an elixir from magic herbs from nature and I put my energy and intention into it and it will invoke healing or health in them. That's the intention anyways. That is spiritually intimate. The next is intimacy within self. Any of those things that I just mentioned, doing any of those spiritual intimate activities is a way to increase your intimacy with self. Because you are spirit and spirit is you. Intimacy is allowing yourself to hold and touch parts and places within you that you usually hide. We're, we're very conditioned to be afraid of strangers. And so many of us become strangers to thyself. So many of us feel scared of either different parts of our physical body or of our own shadows. Some of us are scared, so scared, or we've been told we're bad if we're intimate with each of our emotions. Some of us have rageful or vengeful thoughts, and then we repress them really fast, tell ourselves we're bad, and we lock up part of ourself in our own body, and it becomes a stranger. When there's different parts of ourself tied up and locked in our own body, repressed in our own energy field, it can be really scary to be intimate with ourselves. A way you can tell if you're afraid of intimacy with yourself is if you're really afraid of silence, if you're constantly scrolling. And I've been there. Um, I have to work to not be there. 
because it's a trauma response to be afraid of ourselves. When we are abused, we are told it is our fault and that we are bad or that our bodies are bad. So we quickly make our own self into the enemy, into the stranger. And disassociation is the opposite of intimacy. And there is this collective fear and trauma taking place, which organically makes us disassociate from ourselves and another person. That's why I feel like my guide screamed that I'm supposed to tell the world or you guys or whoever's listening that intimacy breaks the matrix. It's definitely my mantra right now. We can be um, intimate with ourselves emotionally, experientially, intellectually, sexually. Sexual intimacy, you know, you know what I think we all need to be doing right now. You've heard me say it before, and I will say it again. When the world starts to end, when the fires start a-blazing, go fuck yourself. Because self-pleasure is self-intimacy. But instead of just fucking yourself, instead of just masturbating, what if you got really turned on by yourself instead? What if you got so aroused by the curves of your own hips do you ever just reach in your pants and touch your own pubic hair or the space between your genitals and your backside do you ever put your fingers in your pants and just smell yourself afterwards knowing what your body smells like is a form of self-intimacy it's your hormones your hormones say so much about what's going on in your own energy field your hormones are part of your magic the smell you give off attracts and repels people It attracts your lovers and repels predators. It's beautiful to get to know your own smell. I'm sorry if this makes you uncomfortable, but I'm not that sorry because we are having an intimate conversation right now. And I feel like I can hear some of you talk back to me or speak with me in this. But even tasting and knowing what you taste like is a form of self-intimacy. It's a form of magic. It's a form of self-magic. And we can go, ooh, that's gross. But why is it gross? I know some of you are out here putting your tongue in butts. Another person's butt. But you don't want to know what you taste like or you smell like. To masturbate and put your cum into a candle and use candle magic. That cum is potent, potent elixir. And some and I'm not saying you have to know what you taste like or you smell like, but it can add to your own sexual magic. It can add to your own 
self-intimacy and you deserve it and you're not gross. Germs boost our immune system, baby. What do you feel like? I told you that I was scared of letting someone else touch my face, so my practice now is letting me touch my face. Letting me touch my breasts, my nipples. Knowing exactly what I feel like and taste like and smell like from head to toe because I deserve to pleasure and to be in love with my own body. Not that I always am, but I deserve to be. And it is ritual to practice that. So that brings us to sexual intimacy. The sixth form of intimacy, sexual intimacy with another. Allowing someone to see and hold the places that we usually hide. Um, intimacy, sexual intimacy is the best when you can have other forms of intimacy with the person also. In my opinion, like if you have someone that you can be intellectually intimate with and emotionally intimate with and have experiences with and be spiritual intimate with, and then you can fuck them, it's out of this world. That is one option. There's also like a special sexual intimacy when you have actually zero interest in doing any of those other intimate activities with another but they show up as a body and a soul to just do the act of sex with you. Um, And you only, this is only true sexual intimacy if you feel aligned and safe in it. Intimacy is deeply tied and connected to the energy of feeling safe, relaxed, in truth. It is hard to be in truth when we don't feel safe, but it's not impossible. I speak my truth with a shaky voice quite frequently. I'm in my truth when I'm scared a lot. So it's possible, but I think our highest frequency of intimacy is when we can be relaxed in it. And I want to make something very clear. Intimacy does not mean that you completely trust another person. This doesn't mean that this is your ultimate life partner. You can be intellectually intimate with someone and feel a deep, vibrant connection and not fucking trust them. And that's okay. That's okay. We're so all or nothing in our culture. Here's the kicker. Here's another one. To be intimate with someone does not mean that that person who is intimate with you will not hurt you. That doesn't mean we should hold back intimacy just because that person may hurt us. We can't hold back our own intimacy for the fear of being hurt in a future timeline. To be intimate with someone does not mean that they won't hurt or abandon you. We can be emotionally intimate with someone and have the best experience with them 
and then never want to talk to them again. And that's okay. I really wish we could normalize being intimate with friends and neighbors. And maybe intimate in all six ways. Sexually, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Having grand experiences with strangers or neighbors. Rubbing someone's feet when they're hurt or experiencing trauma. I love Chinese cupping. I love cupping people because it's very intimate. And I like can literally see the timelines being pulled out and kind of coming to the surface. It kind of, you know, breaks up the stagnation and healing. Holy shit. Healing with another person is so intimate. I would categorize that under spiritual intimacy and emotional intimacy and experiential intimacy, I guess. All of the healers in the world we have to practice right now being intimate with thyself and the other because the world, the earth, the collective needs healing right now. And we are not going to be able to bring healing if we cannot be truly intimate with thyself and the other. Fear of intimacy is over-regulated spiritual protection. Sometimes we over-spiritually protect ourselves and that spiritual energy, that spiritual protection can quickly turn into a cement wall where no love can enter or exit. And when no love enters and exits, it's so hard for us to not dissolve in the fear and the isolation. Fear and isolation are the killer of superpowers. Fear and isolation are the murderer of healing abilities. And I hope no one gets anxiety over this or feels like, oh no, I'm in fear and isolation and start to be in fear about their fear. Because just doing simple acts of rubbing your own body, masturbating, smelling your own smells, tasting new tastes, a kind gesture to a neighbor, making a new friend, You can even do this on the internet, talking to a new person, really listening and giving freedom to your partner's intellectual expressions, allowing yourself to cry with someone, allowing yourself to be held, holding someone else when they cry. These are all acts of beautiful intimacy. In the fall, we are in the autumn, the fall right now. And the afternoons are the magic time, according to the witches in the fall. Going on a walk and just being in silence with someone, looking at the colors change on the trees or the leaves fall on the ground, that is tapping into intimacy. And I believe when each of us tap into our own intimacy, we're encoding more of our power into the new world. We are rising above fear and connecting spiritually to ourselves and the other. Intimacy breaks the matrix. Intimacy breaks the matrix. Thank you guys for 
for letting me be intimate with you. Thank you guys for letting me tell you my truth. And thank you guys for sharing your truth with me. If you want HorrorPod to exist, if I want HorrorPod to exist, I have to start advertising it and, and, you know, opening up a wallet to allow you guys to support it. And quite a few of you are supporting on Patreon right now. And that means the fucking world to me that we are in community, being intimate together. Um, we recently just made a fire cider as community. I gave um, a recipe for the antiviral, antibacterial, which is brew fire cider. And we shared stories while we made it. That's so intimate and so beautiful. Um, I also do some little mini energy readings on the Patreon. And there's some HorrorPod episodes on it as well as different herbal information, different healing information, different sex magic. But I deeply want it to feel like a community. Uh, We also have poetry nights, which are super fun, and we're just sort of starting. So I give a writing prompt, and we do a poetry night together. So if you want to support HorrorPod, please support the Patreon. You can pay anywhere from five to five hundred dollars a month whatever feels right to you if you don't really want to be on the patreon or you want to give more besides what you can do monthly you can now donate to horapod on my website or on the link in my bio and instagram there's a fund horapod tab on the website there's also a support horapod option on the link of my Instagram bio. I'll put the link below this episode. Man, I'm having to be so fucking vulnerable and intimate. Um, it's hard for me to say things like that. I've never wanted to in HorrorPod, but I don't ever want to bring ads to this. I'm so thankful for being able to talk with you and that we get to share our art together. I hope that as spell, as ritual, that you allow yourself a little time of intimacy. Thank you. I love you guys. Bye. Who are the witches? Where do they come from? Maybe your great-great-grandmother was one. Witches are wise, wise women, they say. And each and every one of us are witches today. Thank you.